Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to It is hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Thank you so much for including me in your day. All right, I feel compelled to uh, remind us this morning of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. And my motivation to read this passage of Scripture is that it's the one that the Lord brought to mind as I was preparing for our conversation today. And so I um, want to include you in my thought process in terms of that. So um, I am sharing this, and then we're going to talk about the headlines of the day. So these are some of Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 24, picking up at verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Many will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But those who stand firm to the end will be saved. That's Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 to 13. Those are the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I I read them um, this morning because there are wars and rumors of wars. There are famines and earthquakes and floods and drought in various places. There are false teachers. There are those who um, are actively, actively in the work of deception, um, saying that, you know, good is evil and evil is good and true is false and false is true. Um, We are living in such a time. And so um, it's important for us to encourage one another and walk alongside one another in order that we can together stand firm to the end. So a few headlines um, from around the world today. Um, Iran has completely erupted. Um, protests continue. Just yesterday, um, Iranian police entered uh, the uni- prestigious university in Tehran. Um, anti-government protests were um, were underway there at the university, and a large number of students at Sharif University of Technology were um, were trapped, surrounded by security personnel. Um, many people w- had. Um, dark hoods placed over their um, heads. Um, gunfire was heard from outside of um, of, of the walls, um, and at least ninety two civilians are now dead. So let us be praying today um, for the people of Iran. Um, North Korea fired a ballistic missile over Japan. Japan went into a nationwide um, alert yesterday in relationship to it. 
the um uh, the uh missile ended up landing um you know in the ocean but uh the government of South Korea confirmed that the Japanese government warned all of its citizens to take shelter, um, and uh, it's, it's unknown, um, you know, exactly maybe what the intent was. A search for the debris is underway uh, as the United States and South Korea join with Japan in looking for more information related to that. <clears throat> but that's going on. Um, there have been uh, a number of missiles fired by uh, North Korea in recent days. And so keep that in mind. And then we pivot to Ukraine. Um, Ukraine, uh, the forces of Ukraine have successfully pushed south into territory that Putin understood himself to have annexed. And that matters. That matters because today um, the Russian parliament is uh, is voting on. The lower house has already voted. The upper house uh, is still left to vote um, on the an- the formal annexation of the four parts of Ukraine that uh, that Russia held sham elections in uh, or a sham referendum in um, coercing the vote of the people uh, to say that they don't want to be Ukrainian, they want to be Russian. And so, you know, this was the, this is the path laid out by Putin. They um, they are seeking to formally annex these four regions of Ukraine. Why does that matter? Because Putin has said um that he is willing to use weapons of mass destruction, um, even nuclear weapons, if Russia's territory is um, is threatened. Well, once he annex, once he formally annexes these provinces, then um, then he has, you know, theoretically the rationale to proceed with his threat. And you say to yourself, well, this sounds like a lot of saber rattling. Um, Well, yes, but a Russian submarine um, is on the move. One of their nuclear subs left the White Sea base yesterday. And there is a train um, uh, now moving in central Russia linked to, here you go, the 12th main directorate of the Russian Ministry of Defense responsible for nuclear munitions, storage, maintenance, transport, and issuance. Um, so is, uh, you know, is, is Putin bluffing? Well, he said he's not. And, um, and so we have not been at this point of what I would describe as global, uh, nuclear brinkmanship since, I don't know, 1955, um, when the U.S. Secretary of State, uh, John Foster Dulles publicly threatened to drop an atomic bomb in on China, (laughs) If China didn't stop bombarding a pair of islands in the Pacific. Um, but this this threat of nuclear brinkmanship is not often raised um, among genuine nuclear powers uh, in this in this age. It, but it has now happened. And um, and Putin has said, quote, in the event of a threat to the territorial integrity of our country and to defend Russia and our people, we will certainly make use of all weapon systems available to us. This is not a bluff. And yesterday, Russians, Russia's parliament um, began the process of approving the annexation of these four Ukrainian regions. And so um, this is something to keep your eye on. Is it war? Is it rumors of war? It's at least rumors of war. Um, and so let's be people who um, pray and are steadfast in these days. Justin Gibney is going to join us next. We're going we're gonna to talk about um, the intersection of politics and faith and education. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
Joining us now, Justin Gibney from the AND Campaign. You can find him at andcampaign.org. Justin, welcome back. Hey, Carmen. How's it going? Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're here as well. All right. So you are in the great state of Georgia, and um, there is something something going on in Georgia that's actually reflected across the rest of the country. Um, but this one individual person who is um, running for statewide office helps us bring this into view. So tell us what's going on with former state representative Alicia Thomas Searcy um, and the rift in uh, in the Democratic Party just in terms of her public support. Yeah, so um, Searcy is running for a Georgia school superintendent um, and she happens to be uh, pro-charter school. And apparently uh, within the last few years, uh, being pro-charter school is something that uh, you shouldn't be within the Democratic Party. And so she's being shunned by the party. Uh, she is, you know, from small things of not taking pictures with the rest of the folks who are running for state office. They won't take pictures with her. They won't raise money. And recently, a um, leader in the Georgia Democratic Party called her a Republican simply based on uh, her support for charter schools. Um, which I got to tell you, I have to think in Georgia, which is um, almost purple in terms of a state, um, for a uh, an African American woman who has the credentials that she has, um, which you know certainly um, make her uh, a good candidate for the office for which she is running, to be called a Republican by uh, Democrats might actually win her votes on the Republican side of the aisle, or at least among independents. Um, but I do appreciate, you know, she says, hey, we're supposed to be the party of the big tent, the party to embrace diversity, the party that stands up for those who are left out. Um, as we seek to lead uh, at the highest offices of our government, we must operate from those values starting in our own backyard. Um, it, it, you have experienced this, Justin, where um, folks on the Democratic side of the aisle, because of a particular view that you hold, um, wouldn't support you. Um, so this is actually not new in, uh, you know, among Georgia Democrats. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I think, it, you know, it's not just a story about Democrats. I think it's a general story that happens in both parties about uh, ideological purity. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's about, like it's like cannibalism. Yeah, yes. I mean, no, you're right. You know, it happens if, on the right and the left. If you take this issue and, and look at it, you know, for, for instance, uh, when it comes to charter schools, most African-Americans support charter schools. So what you have is a situation where the party is trying to make the, the, the tail wag the dog, so to speak. Um, and, and I think it happens in a lot of different areas where you get leaders and parties and parties are supposed to be led by the people where they're trying to actually lead the people in a certain direction. So uh, I think you make a very good point, whereas in this instance, it could actually help her and draw a few voters uh, towards her. The general problem here is ideological purity. And I think Christians, um, you know, whether we agree with some of this stuff or not, we need to be very careful with engaging and supporting this type of ideological purity. Um, people can have different, you know, stances. People can take different positions. We need to be very clear uh, that, um, you know, that people shouldn't be mistreated because of that. And I think this is an instance where we can look at it and say, yeah, sometimes this gets out of hand. And sometimes where we think we're leading the party, the party is actually trying to lead us in directions that we otherwise wouldn't go. Mm, that's so helpful. Um, hey, um, as a former football uh, player, would you be willing to talk with me about black coaches in the NFL? Sure. All right. We're going um, to tee that up next. We're talking with Justin Gibbity. 
Um, he. What was your position at at Vanderbilt? I was safety. Mm-hmm. Justin Gibney, former safety for the Vanderbilt. Mm, Com- what are they called? Yeah, Commodores. I was going to call them the Commandeers, and that didn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. We're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk about black coaches in the NFL up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus, well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. Let's just go ahead and confess here at the outset that uh, I will not be doing the heavy lifting during this conversation. Justin Gibney is here. Um, He's an attorney. He heads up the AND campaign. We love talking with him at the intersection of politics and our Christian faith and what's going on with with folks who might live in more urban environments than some of the rest of us. Um, He is uh, a justice-oriented guy, and he's a friend. He's also a former college football player. Um, And so my best option for the sports page today. So, Justin, the Washington Post ran this series of articles on um, black coaches in the NFL, and they called it the, you know, blackout. Talk with us about, like, what what is being lifted up and what is of concern here? Yeah, Carmen, there's long been a disparity in the NFL when it comes to African Americans being head coaches. And so while a large part of the league obviously is made up of African-Americans, there's quite a few coaches who, who are in lower positions. But there, for a long time and still today, there just aren't very many um, black head coaches. Uh, and so they've tried to do things like create what they call the, the Rooney Rule uh, so that uh, African-Americans at least have to be considered for these positions. But it really hasn't changed the composition of coaches in the NFL and you even run into you know guys who seem to be very qualified but when you look at the reasons that they didn't get chosen you get things like they didn't look the part um mm. you know they they couldn't motivate the team where they come from places where they were motivating the team where they were playing call, uh calling the plays uh, and so it's a tough situation because you can't force owners to you know hire certain people but i think it's certainly worth something worth looking into it's something for fans to consider because uh, we want to make sure that when you have a league that's so full of African-Americans that everyone's getting a fair shot at coaching and that we're not upholding stereotypes that I think have uh, hurt African-Americans in the past. Okay, so um, now I will confess my very limited knowledge of who coaches anywhere in the NFL. <clears throat> but the person who immediately comes to my mind is Tony Dungy. But does he come to mind because he's such an outspoken Christian who I really like, or does he come to mind because he at the time was the only African-American coach in the NFL. And so he stands out in my mind as this exemplar because he was all by himself. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he stands out for several reasons. I'm glad that he stands out because I think he's a a, a Christian man of, of great characters who who we should all uh, pay attention to when he speaks. But we also realize that Dungey was a coach a long time ago. Uh, and even today, there you know, you see very few black coaches and even folks who are getting serious consideration. And I think that's really what um, upsets a lot of people that, you know, there's these stereotypes about um, uh, coaches being cer- who's cerebral and who's not cerebral, who can call plays and who can't call plays uh, with no I don't think any any substantive reality behind them. But they still, I think, cost. Uh, a lot of African-American coaches who are qualified jobs that they should be more uh, seriously considered for. Okay. So right now um, I can think of the Pittsburgh Steelers because I've seen on the sideline their head coach um, and he is African-American. So that, but see, but see, I'm not good at calling people's names to mind. So, all right, now I've got it. Mike Tomlin. But other yeah. than that, like when I when I think across, you know, who I see on the sidelines, that's really what we're talking about, right? So there aren't very many. I mean, if I can only that's it, yeah. immediately think of one, then that's not that's not good. Yeah, there's there, that that's it. I mean, uh, you had one in Miami for a while. You had one in in um, a few other different places. The other part of this is when they get opportunities, there's a very short leash, uh, so to speak, um, and so they don't get the chances and the grace periods and uh, the benefit of the doubt as, as others do. And that's just the numbers. I mean, so if you look at this NFL coaches project, it's giving you the numbers and this article is giving you the numbers to show you the disparity. This is not just a feeling. Mm. This is not just, I'm upset because I don't like what I see. It's, 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 it's showing up in the data. And uh, I think it's something uh, that needs more attention. So um, somebody just texted in, hey, Todd Bowles is now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I just Googled that. Um, He spent three seasons as the team's defensive coordinator and is now in his first season as head coach. But the Bucs are not winning. So, like, that's what you're talking about. Like, right, like, how long will Todd Bowles get this opportunity? Like, I think that's a part of the conversation that we're having. And um, and it's a... um, you know, we're having this conversation because there's just a lot of people across the country who care a whole lot about um, football. And um, and there, if there is real injustice or disparity going on because of the color of someone's skin, then we ought to be paying attention to that. And as Christians, we ought to be saying, you know, that's not right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the other thing is it's, it's kind of a microcosm in society in general sometimes when it comes to these uh, executive or, you know, these top positions. Uh, we need to make sure that we're not looking over people based on, on, on racial bias. Uh, and that's something I think we all can uh, pay a little more attention to. All right. So I think um, my other uh, thing that I heard yesterday um, is this African-American guy who, who um, Black Bach. Um, he's a uh, not only a beautiful um, pianist, but he's a classical composer. And he, um, uh, Lamont Dozier, I think is his actual name, but he, he goes by Black Bach. And um, I heard an interview with him yesterday, and I just thought to myself, you know, I'm not sure I've ever um, thought about the skin color of, of um, classical musicians or composers but it does occur to me that I do probably think of them as old white guys. And so there are young black guys doing all kinds of things. And I think that when they're doing it well, 
um, we ought to, you know, we ought to say, I can really appreciate this because of the quality of the way this person is playing or coaching or composing. Um, and it, and the color of someone's skin ought not be a barrier to that. So I just appreciate the conversation as always, Justin, because it's right. We're, we're all in process on this and, um, and to ignore it and to say that it's not, um, happening would be wrong. And so we want to be people of truth and in relationship to seeing reality for what it really is. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Hey, thanks always. That's Justin Gibney. You can find him at the and campaign. We're going to take a break for Breakpoint. Hey, I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. Um, I'm wondering if you ever, particularly like at church or when you are, you know, you're going to be with, you know, other Christians, you ever, you ever just put on a happy face? (laughs) You ever just like act the part um, when in reality what's going on beneath the surface is a real struggle You've been through a difficult season of life. Maybe you're in one right now. Is it possible to take back the joy? Is it possible to rediscover the joy in, in the everyday and in the everyday moments of life? And how do we do that? How do we get ourselves um, out from under the circumstances of whatever's going on right now, the relentless trials of life, uh, and and be people of unassailable joy. We're going to talk with Nicole Jacobs-Meyer about that. Um, she is the author of Take Back Your Life, Fighting for, or Take Back Your Joy, Fighting for Purpose When Life is More Than You Can Handle. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Nicole Jacobs-Meyer joins us now. She has a passion for helping women walk in faith in the face of all kinds of trials. Um, she shares her faith and encourages women at her website, NicoleJacobsMeyer.com. Uh, she's joining us today with her book, Take Back Your Joy. Nicole, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you. Good morning. I love this. Good morning. Um, we're so glad uh, that you're here. You are really honest in this book about your own journey, um, particularly through some dark seasons of life. Um, you chronicle cancer and miscarriage. Um, I just, you know, first of all, appreciate your willingness to put yourself out there like that. I think there is a temptation um, to hide our yeah. our grief, our dif- our disappointments, our struggles, um, our pain. Um, you know, like we should just put on a happy face and keep moving forward. So can you just start there? I mean, what keeps us as Christian women from being honest uh, about what we're experiencing, you know, in sadness or in grief? Uh, You know, what what keeps us sort of with the, you know, the happy face approach, um, which is inauthentic and painful for us? Right. Well, I think it's a tall order when we do read scripture like James 1, 2, where it says, 
consider it joy when you face trials. I do think that sometimes we believe we have everything we need in Christ. And so we just have to fake our way through it and put on that happy face and act like we're good because we have the Lord. And while that is so true, we do have everything we need to be equipped and to walk through the pain and the trials. It is so, there's so much more freedom when we are able to share in each other's sufferings and to experience the joys and the sorrows with the body of believers. Um, when you, when you as a, you know, Christian individual but also wife and mother like i feel like we there's this expectation of who that means we are and how that means we look and behave and if we're struggling um we feel somehow ashamed about that and yet the struggles that we face the trials the difficulties um and we're going to talk specifically about the ones that you share in the book um but you know Let's just give women permission right now. Let's give yes. every woman who's listening right now permission to be sad when she's yep. sad um, and to be in grief when she's in grief and, and, and that that's okay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, I go to Philippians one twenty nine, where it says, you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. And I think we look at suffering and pain in the wrong way, that it actually can be an act of worship instead of something that we hide behind. And that's exactly what I did for so long because I didn't want to, I didn't want to reveal that I had so much brokenness, but there's actually so much worship and glory to God when we actually walk through knowing that it is a privilege of suffering for him and with him. Um, I want to skip ahead to chapter six, <clears throat> and everyone listening right now except you, uh, Nicole, know why I'm <laughs> skipping ahead to chapter six, um, but I just had uh, surgery uh, on the 27th to remove a melanoma oh. from my neck, and I go oh to get my, my, path, my path report in about an hour. So, Oh um, my gosh. I know. So take us into chapter six. Um, that's not a smudge of chocolate on your neck, um, right? The chapter is rest in Jesus, shocked, stressed, and the prize. I found out that I had cancer about two weeks before we were going to move across the country for my husband's residency program in North Carolina. And I was packing and in between packing boxes and hanging out with the kiddos, my son spotted a mass on my neck, which I had no idea was even there, which shows how stressed as a mom I was in that season. And I look in the mirror and there's quite a large mass and come to find out it was actually a cancerous tumor. And it was in my neck and the cancer spread throughout the rest of my neck. And it was it was the one of the most broken difficult, frustrating, angry places that I've been and just confused on how and why, why Lord now is the worst timing, you know, and you go through all that and the, the pain and the wrestling with the questions that you have with the Lord. It's, you got to stay grounded in the word. That is for sure. When you go through something like that. So I appreciate, um, 
the way that at the end of each chapter you offer these reflections, you offer an action point and a key verse. Um, I'm going to read the read the prayer on page 123. Lord, I so desperately do not want to sit in this place of pain. I want to move on, but I know there is a purpose in rest. In the same way you rested after creating the world, help me take time to pause and reflect on what you've done and who you are. I pray that you would give me fresh energy and make me more like you through this process. I trust that I can glorify you in all things, whether I'm running my race with perseverance or sitting quietly and working out my salvation. Show me when I need to make time for rest and seek your peace. Mm-hmm. Um, such, um, such a gift that you offer us, Nicole, um, in the book, because you you allow us to sit with you and walk with you and weep with you and study with you and consider with you um, this very real, authentic path of discipleship um, through yeah. joys and sorrows and hills and valleys, um, not only of cancer, but miscarriage and a move across the country and raising kids and on and on and on. We're talking with Nicole Jacobs-Meyer. The book is Take Back Your Joy. And yes, we are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Or we have a listener who's just straight up asking the question, how do you get get your joy back? <laughs> that great question. I think it takes a lot of obedience and discipline and tears and counseling and all the things. But what it really came down to for me was studying the word. There are countless examples in the Bible that we have to look back on and remember those pillars of faithfulness, remembering God's character and going to, you know, looking at John 9, 3, for example, that the man who was born blind, the disciples asked how many, so many questions of, Lord, why why is this man blind? It must be because of the sin in his life. It must be because of his parents and so on and so on. And I love the humanity in that, but Jesus said this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I think we look at this suffering and these trials and these heartaches and these pains as almost a discipline or frustration or anger when really it is so that God can produce in us those that endurance, the character, the hope so that we can have that lasting joy with that eternal perspective. And so for me, going back to the word and studying and remembering all that he has done is the first step, I believe, to taking back your joy. Um, Nicole, you're super honest and transparent um, throughout the book. Um, Chapter five, it's all about perspective, um, you had three babies. You just found out you were pregnant with your fourth. Um, you were going on a, you know, a girl's weekend away, um, and something happened while you were there. Um, would you share that? Yeah, I was at my first girl's trip. My husband was able to take the kids. We were in the throes of medical school and all the things. And so being able to go away for this first time was such a joy, so exciting. Found out I was pregnant. I just was elated. I was so happy. And once I was there, we were um, having some dinner and I realized, what is this feeling? I was 
I could tell something was wrong. And so we rushed back to the house and I was going through a miscarriage and it was absolutely awful. And from one, one quick moment, I was having the time of my life, enjoying this fellowship with my friends. And then in a split second, realizing everything that I was hopeful for, joyful about, excited for was, was gone in an instant. And wrestling with that was absolutely awful. You, um, you share, uh, you remind us of the story of Joseph in this context and, um, and you talk in here about the, uh, the assumptions that we make as Christians. Like, you know, I assume that because I'm a Christian, God's going to treat me differently. Like I'm not going to suffer. Yeah. He's not going to let bad things happen to me. Um, right. and that is not the truth. Um, right. and so thank you for, um, this chapter and it's, and it's honesty about the way God works all things together for good and the way he redeems and, um, and tends to us so tenderly. We're talking with Nicole Jacobs Meyer. The book is Take Back Your Joy, Fighting for Purpose When Life is More Than You Can Handle. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. I'm going to be joyful. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to be joyful. Nicole Jacobs-Meyer is here with us. The book is Take Back Your Joy. Uh, we are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter that drawing. Um, Nicole, I'm, uh, I'm typing your uh, website address into um, our text line for a listener right now who says, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to reach out and, uh, and connect. Um, she's got a, uh, a friend in her first trimester of pregnancy who's just been diagnosed mm-hmm. with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, you know, oh, you're... Oh, my goodness. Right? So you're speaking to us in the midst of, um, of the reality of the trials that we face right now. Um, Christians yeah. are walking by faith. We're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to walk, um, in joy, but we don't want to be, you know, fakers. We want it to be real. Right. We want, right. right? And so, um, so a couple of things here. First of all, I love the way you emphasize, um, the present moment. Like, how do I, you know, I don't dwell in the past. I don't, you know, I don't wish for the future. I actually, like, live in this present moment. I think that is really helpful. It offers me um, a window into the ministry of presence, like how to be with someone present in the moment as well. And that Mm -hmm. gets to this conversation in the book um, about the fact that we don't have to do this alone. Um, We don't have to carry suffering and disappointment alone. But there's a balance there. Because yeah. we all also have people who are like constant complainers and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything they face is the biggest trial that's ever been encountered by anyone <laughs> in all of human history. And you're just like, um, you know, and so can you help me balance all of that? 
Yes. Well, I think reading Romans 8.18 helped me so much. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And again, going back to the word, it's in this present time, we're going to have so much heartache. We're going to have trials. We are promised trials, right? The tribulations will come, but we have to stand on the truth of what we know. And that is that though we have made, like, though we have seen many troubles and many trials, God is going to restore our life again. He is going to bring out that goodness and that strength. And I know it feels so difficult to not complain and to, and and let's make sure we understand that venting to a friend and talking things through and that is not what we're talking about here because we want to be authentic. We want to be real. We're not saying stuff your problems, you know, away, but just being so authentic before the Lord and knowing when to take responsibility, when to rest, when to dive into the word, when to journal, when to share. All of these things are when you are in step with the spirit. And that is the biggest thing that we can do is just remaining and abiding in him. And that is so much of where our joy comes. I like the words confidence and contentment um, when describing like a faithful walk with the Lord. Um, So encourage us today, you know, to take, you know, the next step in confident contentment with, with God. I think going and knowing that God is going to bring completion to your story and it's going to be good. And it might not be the good that we are thinking in our head of the fame and the money and the big houses and all the perfection and everything is no problems. We know that he is his love for us and his grace for us and his mercy for us is unmatched. And that is where we have to rest. And that is where the confidence comes. That's where the joy comes. That's where the contentment comes, knowing that his good and his mercy is that is going to follow us all the days of our life. Hmm. Um, Nicole, I like the um I like the conversation that you have um about gratitude and the the correlation between gratitude and joy. Um I can be grateful to God even in the midst of something that's very difficult if if I'm thinking about his kingdom and I'm thinking about his plan. I'm thinking about, you know, the the giant, huge, redemptive scope of you know all of human history, um, because that's such a different perspective than the one that I'm going to have in you know focused on literally the pain in my neck, right? right so, right. Um, so talk with us about gratitude and the correlation between gratitude and joy. I think when you have this gratitude throughout your day and these moments of thankfulness. It gets our heart set in the right space for the day, whether we are with our kids all day long or running around and doing all the things. We wear many hats. And when we are not in this posture of thankfulness and gratitude for what God has set before us and what he has done and what he is doing and focusing on those things, the good, the beautiful, the the loving, the holy God that we serve, then this 
compl- all the complaints that come, it's so much easier to look at those and say, okay, yes, I am going through these trials, these tribulations, but there is so much more goodness and blessings in front of me that I can focus on. And that changes our spirit. That changes our hearts. It affects those around us. And that is what we are called to live. That's the way that we are called to live in. And I just love that God is going to generously provide all that we need. And that's a promise. And we can stand on that. Amen. Amen. Um, Nicole, we've got um, we got a couple of minutes left, and I would like for you to speak a word of encouragement to the woman who's listening right now who thinks she literally like can't handle her life, like life has become more than she can handle. Um, just just speak to her. I know that suffering can be the biggest stumbling block in our faith. I think that it brings the most doubts and questions. Because it's so hard to understand that a loving, holy, grace-filled God would allow such heartache in our life. But I think what we have to realize is that we're asking the wrong question. It's not about a good God bringing us these horrible situations. That's not the situation. It's actually how could a holy and just and gracious God allow us undeserving humans into his kingdom. And when I look at life through an eternal perspective, I see that not only is the joy of the Lord my strength, but I can choose daily that he is good, that he is for me, and that his true true motives are love and grace for each of his children and that he's going to work out this story in our lives and it's not going to come without a fight and it seems hopeless it seems joyless it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel but he is going to equip you and encourage you he's going to intercede in our weaknesses and we can stand on all of those truths that he loves us so much and that all of this is not worth comparing glory that is to be revealed. All right. It's Nicole Jacobs Meyer. Um, feel like we're going to be hearing from her again. Um, this is her first book, Take Back Your Joy. You can also connect with her online, uh, NicoleJacobsMeyer.com. Um, Nicole, um, blessings on this uh, on this day, this day that your book is released. Um, the Lord bless you. The Lord give you um, the right words at the right time, um, energy, um, peace, calm. Um, Yeah. Thank you for being here with us and being authentic and sharing your story. Thank you so much, Carmen. Absolutely. Um, Hey, we are giving away copies of the book today. So you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, connect with Nicole online. She's on Facebook and Instagram, but you can get there from her website, NicoleJacobsMeyer.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Let's lift up some weather prayers today. Um, Whether the day goes as you've planned or um, whether things happen that you have not anticipated and some specific 
weather prayers. Ian is continuing to produce flooding in Virginia. Let's be praying on that front, praying for the folks um, who you know have been left in the wake of uh, hurricanes Fiona and Ian. The cleanup uh, going on in Puerto Rico and Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. And apparently, wells are now running dry in California as um, as drought uh, continues there. So let's be praying for each other today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.